0: pretty darn good yourself
1: doing terrific uh, it's an honor to have you on the line here so you're with the band the box masters you're gonna be in watsika friday night six o'clock at the watsika theater should be an awesome performance tell us a little bit about your new album
0: uh, well the new record is called somewhere down the road it's a two record set because we kind of have two sounds we always have had and the label was nice enough to let us put out a two uh, record set you don't see them very often anymore but we have a kind of uh Jangly '60s pop sound, and uh, one side is that, and the other side is a more moody, kind of atmospheric, uh, wordy kind of uh, thing. Uh, we do a few of those live. Uh, it depends on the audience usually, because uh, you know, in what we're going to be playing in a theater, so it lends itself more to that. But if you're playing, uh, as we call them, beer joints, <laughs> if you're doing those, you know, it's kind of uh, it's a little tougher to settle down you know, several hundred drunk people to listen to your moody stuff. So <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't do those usually in the, in the clubs, in the rock and roll clubs, uh, but usually in the theaters, we'll do uh, three or four of the moody songs, and we enjoy doing that. And, you know, during that part of the show, we, you know, we'll talk to the audience for a while and everything, you know, and actually explain the songs and just kind of make a connection. You know, theaters are a great place to do that, you know, make a real connection with the audience.
1: Now, I've listened to the Outlaw channel on XM, and I'm very familiar with your work. I listen to a lot of Americana music. Most folks may not know what that means, so could you describe what your music is?
0: You know, it's funny because they've categorized everything these days. And uh, when I was growing up, you had... James Taylor and Black Sabbath on the same radio station—it was all rock and roll. And now they've divided it up into everything. So essentially, Amer- Americana is um, when I was growing up would have been what pure Prairie League or the nitty-gritty Dirt Band or you know uh, New Riders of the Purple Sage or you know people like that uh, would probably these days be on Americana radio. And Americana is basically where they put everybody who's not on a on the pop station the hip-hop station, or the Nashville country station. So Americana is, a, you know, it's kind of like uh, uh, hippie r- rock and roll and singers, hippie singer-songwriter stuff. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. But uh, our sound is r- really influenced by the British Invasion and late 60s L.A. rock. Uh, you know, we're-
1: So besides... You know, influence to the Box Masters personally, what are your musical influences?
0: I listened to everything from the time I was a kid. I was in bands from the time I was, you know, 11 or 12. And we were, uh, everybody in my town wanted to be the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, so we decided to be the Dave Clark Five. And, um, so I played in bands like that, and then uh, I played drums in my uncle's country band, and then eventually got into a band called Nothing Doing, and we got the opportunity to open for a lot of, you know, big acts, and we were sort of more of a hard rock band. Not hard rock, but we sounded a lot like ZZ Top, I'll put it that way. And, um, you know, I I, I listened, to, I played rock and roll music mostly, but I listened to everything. I was a big fan of the Mother's of Invention, uh, Captain Beefheart, uh, Bonzo Dog Band, and then Classical music, old-time country music like Webb Pierce and uh, George Jones and Merle Haggard and people like that. And um, uh, But I listened to pretty much everything um, and was influenced by all of it, especially by Frank Zappa, who uh, kind of let us know that it's okay to have humor in music, you know, smart humor in music. And... Um, so you don't really hear Zappa's influence in, in our particular sound, but we do have some songs that are kind of uh, uh ironic, you know, I mean, so uh, uh I would say that was he was an influence in that sense. But uh but really you know, this band is influenced by the birds and Big Star and uh Box Tops and the Buckinghams and the Beatles and the Stones and the Animals and the Kinks. I mean that's really that's really where Where this man came from.
1: This is the WGFA morning show, and on the hotline, I've got the very accomplished and talented Billy Bob Thornton from the Boxmasters. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, it's no secret here in Eliana that uh, I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan, and I found out by accident by researching for this interview that you are as well. So I have to ask you what are the Cardinals' chances of making the World Series this year?
0: Well, you know, the great thing is is because the Cardinals farm system is so good, and and uh, I actually know Tony La very well. I'm I'm sort of like the Cardinals mascot, like Nicholson is for the Lakers. That's <laughs> kind, of, yeah. You I've know, thrown the first pitch out for him a few times, and I, I get pretty close to the organization. And Tony told me one time that the main reason the Cardinals have such a great tradition and won so much over the years is because of teaching. He said they they bring kids up. You know, they teach them all along the way. It's just a great farm system that they have. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I think the Cardinals have a chance to be in the World Series every year because it's such a class organization. And, um, along those lines, um, uh, I, uh, uh, I get told a lot of, by a lot of people, Hey, you guys hate the Cubs, don't you? And I always have to correct them, uh, because the Cubs Cardinals rivalry is actually a respectful one. I mean, we're natural enemies, but um, but we actually have kind of a soft spot in our heart for the Cubs. Uh, and uh, I mean, you sure don't want to get beat by them. But at the same time, there's a, there's a real respect there. I think the ones that are on our that aren't on the Christmas list really for Cardinal fans these days are the Reds and the Brewers. Uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, especially after the fight that broke out in Cincinnati, if, you know, well, no, I don't remember where the game was, but the fight between the Reds and the Cardinals broke out where you know our backup catcher was kind of knocked out of baseball from that fight. And you had Quato, you know, kicking people in the teeth and stuff like that. And it was ever since then, you know, the whole Brandon Phillips incident or whatever <laughs> Me and my buddies are Cardinals fans. I think we've directed our ire at the Reds more so than anybody.
1: I would have to agree with you on that one. So um, I heard through the grapevine that all of you guys in the Boxmasters are really good bowlers. Is it really true that you beat Def Leppard in a bowling match? Uh,
0: We did bowl with Def Leppard. Uh, I, I don't know how it got out that we beat Def Leppard because I think, uh, only two of the guys were with us, Joe and Rick, and, and, uh, I think Rick was on, uh, in other words, we kinda of mixed it up. It wasn't like their guy's against our guy. So I, I, I think Joe was on the team I was on and Rick was on the team of the other guys, uh and uh so we, we didn't actually beat Jeff Leopard, but we did bowl with him in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We both had a night off and
1: have you ever bowled a <clears> three <throat> hundred?
0: Oh gosh, no. <laughs> we you know, I think I think our skill has been exaggerated, Rick. We're <laughs> Uh, we're we're not bad bowlers. We actually are pretty good. But I, but our averages are like, you know, my, I usually bowl somewhere, anywhere between a 120 and a 160, you know. And I have bowled, I think a 192 was my high.
1: All I can tell you is, as a bowler myself, when your ex-wife beats you in bowling, you know your life is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's not good. So, uh, Billy, do you prefer the Hollywood scene or the rock and roll scene?
0: You know they're so different that it's hard to say. Uh, I get I get something great out of both of them. I grew up in music, and you know the acting thing came to me later and and, uh, later on. But uh, so I I, you know I go back further with music. Uh, I think music is probably a more uh, visceral high. You know because you're playing in front of people, and even when you're recording a record you're like so actively doing something and you're creating something on the spot and, and, and turning it into something. Movies, you know, it's, you make a movie and then people see it a year later and you're not there when they see it. So, so it's a more visceral, uh, uh, thing in, in terms of music, but, but I love acting and it's, uh, you know, I think, I, you know, intellectually it really satisfies me. And, uh, uh, just becoming other people for a period of time is a wonderful thing. So I love them equally, uh, and they, they both satisfy a different part of your soul.
1: It is the WGFA Morning Show. On the hotline, I've got Billy Bud Thornton, as he's called with the Boxmasters. <laughs> I want to talk about some of your bandmates real quick, and I'm just going to go down the list real quick, if you don't mind, to, to go over some of their credentials, and then we'll move to you know what it's like to work with guys of this caliber in music. Uh, Teddy... Uh, who's one of your bandmates has worked with Guns N' Roses, Carol King, Alice Cooper, Chuck Berry, B.B. King, and then J.D., uh, who's one of the co-founders, has worked with the Rolling Stones, the Pussycat Dolls, which kind of threw me off a little bit, and uh, uh-huh. Kanye West. Brad Davis, who's a Grammy Award-winning producer and musician, he's worked with Marty Stewart, Earl Scruggs, David Lee Roth, and one of my favorites, Dwight Yoakam, also Sheryl Crow and Merle Haggard. What is it like to work with these caliber of musicians?
0: Well, it's pretty great. A lot of those, uh, <clears throat> a lot of those overlapped. I, you know, I, Brad and I both worked with Marty Stewart. Uh, uh, we both worked with Warren Zevon, who was a great friend of mine, and Styx, uh, Tommy Shaw, and those guys. Brad and I think we're on the same record with Earl Scruggs once. Wow. I did a song for Earl Scruggs and uh, on his. Uh, uh, Earl Scruggs and Friends album so a lot of it goes back uh, like I said there's some overlap between Teddy and uh, I've done some work with Alice Cooper too with Teddy and so you know it's it's a great thing because we've we've worked together on other projects besides uh, the Boxmasters which has really unified us too you know I go back 17 years with Brad I've played to Brad the longest uh, Brad's been on all my solo records uh, Brad and I have done a couple of movie scores together we've started working together in 1998. Teddy I've been working with for about 13 or 14 years and we knew each other through uh, the Guns N' Roses connection. Uh, Our old recording engineer worked with Guns N' Roses and you know Teddy, and Teddy's just a you know consummate musician. Teddy's one of those guys who he could, he could play like a one of these Holiday Inn lounges or whatever so easily because he knows like by himself with his organ because he knows every song ever written. You know, you can just call one out and Teddy knows it. You know, so he's he's a lot of fun on the bus because when we're all trying to figure out something, Teddy always knows it. And Brad, mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, Brad goes back uh, a long way in the bluegrass world, so he's a. Uh, uh, as JD said, he's a very uh, accomplished guitar player and teaches clinics and everything. And so, if you add a guy who came from pretty hardcore, you know, sort of country rock, as I did, and uh, and JD the same, and you add that to a bluegrass guy and a guy who was with Guns and Roses and Alice Cooper, it makes an interesting mix, you know. So each one of us has a function in the band. That so the all four parts give the sum a really interesting sound. Maybe a little different than a lot of bands who all come from the same point of view, you know. Uh, but uh, not that we don't all love all styles of music, but we specialized in different ones. So, when you put it together, and it just sounds like this band of ours, you know, the Boxmasters.
1: So I had to ask you one last question, if that's okay. Sure. What is your favorite song to perform with the Boxmasters?
0: Golly, um, well, uh gosh it's boy it's hard uh we we play quite a few songs and, you know especially since we're doing a lot of them on this new record uh we're we're real high on those songs uh there's a song called this game is over that I love doing uh what did you do today we do a song about uh that has a funny story about a thing that happened with me when i was a young guy uh called Kathy won't share it's always fun to do for the audience cuz it's kind of funny that's why it's one of the, you know, one of just a couple of humorous songs we do on the show. So it's it's always fun, you know, for the audience. There's a song called uh, Sometimes There's a Reason uh, that's on the new record that I particularly like to do live.
1: Uh, Billy, thank you so much for stopping by the WGFA Morning Show. We can't wait to see you in Wad and welcome you to Eliana this Friday night, six o'clock at. The Watsika Theater, again, thank you so much for being so generous oh, with your time today. Oh, no problem,
0: Rick. Thank you. We can't wait to be there Yeah, We've always loved the you know state of Illinois. We've played Chicago a few times. And people up there, you know, it's my kind of people. So I, I can't wait.